0: This past weekend, I was at a wedding, imagine that, uh, I was at a wedding, I officiated a wedding for my friend, and actually y'all's friend, where are my loft people at? Where are my loft people at? Chris and Jody got married, so we're really excited for them, yeah, y'all, y'all some of y'all here know Jody, we shared her testimony a couple months back, but uh, they got married, um, finally, uh, hopefully they don't hear that, okay, finally got married, and uh, so it was really funny though, I was officiating the wedding, and so... At the beginning, we, uh, she came up with this idea where she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write him a note and I'm going to give it, I want you to give it to him right before I walk down the aisle. Right? Real sweet. It was great. So he's, he's standing there and he's mad because he's like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. And I'm like, okay, but she wrote you a note. Can you read it? And he's like, come on. So he's reading it and he's, he's, sorry, he might watch this. He's crying like a gentleman, right? Just, just <laughs> weeping and he's crying. And so he's reading this letter. And as I'm up there getting ready to perform the ceremony, I'm thinking, man, this is, this is so great. This is really sweet. You don't see this very often. This is really well thought out. Well, what I didn't think about was articulating to the audience what was happening. So some of the audience members were sitting there looking, going, she wrote him a note. He's reading it at the altar before she's there, and he's weeping, oh no, and so I don't know how many we'll just say half because it sounds better when i say that half of the people there were thinking she just left him at the altar but at least was kind enough to write a note right (laughs) now that didn't happen it was a beautiful wedding and everything was great but it got me thinking as i was thinking about um tonight and our message and what we're going to talk about and the truth is there are a lot of people that even when they get to the point where they're ready to get married even on the wedding day there is just this anxiety that comes over them, this unknown, this doubt, this worry, fear. Did I make a mistake? Is this the right move? Is it too late to walk away? What, what do I do? And, and what I hope to do tonight is to share with you some things that will help alleviate or maybe even remove completely that doubt or that anxiety that might well up on you the day before or the day of your wedding day. Now some of you in here are going, wait a minute, I'm not even with someone. You just told me to break up with them two weeks ago. I'm still recovering from that. Well, The reality is most of you in this room are going to end up getting married one day. And so my desire through this series is to walk you through the entire process from your moment of being single all the way through till after you're married. Well, we've landed in the spot where most of you are going to encounter sooner, maybe later. I don't know where you're going to be standing across the aisle from someone exchanging vows. But before you get there, there's going to be a big moment for the guys. And that's the moment where they got to build up enough courage and strength to get down on a knee and to propose to the, say, woman that they love and want to spend the rest of their life with. And what I hope to do is to make that moment just exciting. Worry-free, doubt-free, because we've dealt with some things that are really important. Now let's backtrack for a moment. First, we talked about in week one of this series, by the way, it's called Uncovered, Pulling Back the Sheets of Dating, Marriage, and Sex. We'd started with singleness, and we talked about how important it was that you understand that these moments that you are experiencing right now as a single person, meaning not married, these are the greatest moments for you to establish a secure and a devout relationship with the Lord. In the book of Mark it tells us to seek to uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is your moment as single people to secure that singular focus on the Lord. Then the next week we talked about the friend zone, right? Having fun with some social media, Facebook stuff. But we talked about the friend zone, and we said two things. One, in the friend zone, you see people more clearly. When you're on a date, you're trying to impress each other, and you're pulling out all the stops, and it's just not real. But in the friend zone, when you're just being casual and normal around people you trust, you begin to see who someone really is. So we talked about the value of the friend zone. And then last week, we talked about what what do you do when you're ready to to start that relationship with someone, or if you're already in one, what are some things we need to look at? What are some things we want to be careful for? And so that's led us up to this moment. So in the story, if you will, you've been with this person now for a set amount of time. You're excited. You're ready. You're thinking about popping the question, or you know the question could be coming soon. What do you do to make sure that you are ready, and more importantly, that this is the right person? Now, a lot of what we talked about have been aimed at you. Because in our singleness, is the best time to deal with us, right? Singleness not necessarily about finding the one, but becoming the one. Now we're going to transition a bit and start looking at the person you're staring, hypothetically, across the table at. You're sitting down at coffee. You're sitting down at dinner. You're looking at this person, and you are getting ready to start a lifelong potential marriage. What do we need to do? What do we need to know, and how do we need to go forward? That's what we're going to talk about. Are you ready? Very good. One of you is by the way, I promise you, tonight, I will not tell you to break up. You have my word. Hopefully, I don't. <laughs> I just realized what that meant. Sorry. All right, so tonight, we're going to look at eight things, eight questions, eight items. If you take notes, you can write down. If you don't, you can look up on the screen or look off with someone next to you. might be a great way to get a date to one day be in this moment with them exchanging a ring. Here we go. Here's the first thing we want to look at. First thing we want to think about. First thing we want to make note of, why this person. You're like, dude, that was deep. Drop the mic. That was so deep. I, I can't even process how deep that was. You probably can't. Why this person? Here's what's funny. If you were to ask most couples, why that person? First, they'd probably take it offensively. Like, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say something wrong? But then when you got to the root of it, most of them are going to say, oh, he's really, really nice. Or she's really, really cute. Oh, they're really funny and they make me happy. And then you can look at them and go, but I love you and I want to say that's not enough to get married. So what is it? Why did you pick that person? And it's interesting if you give people some time, on the spot's kind of mean, you can do that to have fun. But if you give people time, it is very interesting and sometimes scary to see how many people still can't come up with something deeper than one of those few things. And the reality is if we're going to be stepping into marriage, there has to be more than just he's funny, he's cute, he's good looking, he's very kind and opens the the door for old ladies. That's not enough. There has to be something more. So what is it? Well, I think it's kind of two things. It's how do they balance you and how do they challenge you? How do they balance you and how do they challenge you? The first side is why this person? Well, they are supposed to, biblically speaking and just in general, balance you out. Have you ever noticed that we tend to be attracted to someone that's different from us? Sometimes really boldly opposite from us. But what happens is God ordains this, that we would come together and that we would bring to the table what the other person is missing. So we balance each other out. And so for you, the big question would be, What is it that they bring to the table that's going to help me as I continue my life pursuing the Lord, now pursuing him with this person? What is it that's going to happen that's going to bring us together and make me stronger, but also through me make them stronger? See, it's so much deeper than just how they look or even how funny they are they need to balance you out. Now, what's interesting is you don't have to work very hard at this because the Lord tends to open this up for you. He tends to bring someone that's very different from you. It's okay to have similar hobbies and things like that, but you're going to notice their personality is different. The way they interact with people are different. The way they time manage, the way they do things is going to be different. My wife and I are great examples. We're very different. She's really sweet and I'm really mean, right? She's really sensitive and I tend to be very direct. Uh, She's a lot of other things that I'm not, and she feels, I mean, I could go on and on, but I realize that's not helpful to anyone here. The reality is, though, marriage helps to balance us out. So the question would be, when someone asks you why this person, you should be able to say, well, here's here's how they balance me out. Here's how they help me. But also, the second one, how do they challenge you? What's interesting is that marriage is gonna be a deal where it doesn't cover up your imperfections, it actually exposes them. You're gonna be more exposed for the imperfections of your life because you're in closer proximity and you're dealing with each other on a daily basis. So understanding that when you marry someone, they can make life miserable because they're constantly poking or getting on you or upset with you or frustrated with you or you could look at it and say, let's challenge each other. What you bring to the table forces me to think about things differently. You're making me better. This is great. When I think about Sarah and I, when we started dating, Sarah's my wife, by the way, if you're visiting, when we started dating, Man, I'll tell you what, she grew up homeschooled and they had basically Bible class every day. I didn't have that, okay? I didn't really start reading the Bible until very, very late in life. And so when I met her, I remember thinking, I don't think I could date her, especially marry her because I don't think I could lead her. I think she's too far ahead of me and I really struggled with that and it delayed me pursuing a relationship with her because to me that was so important that I would be able to lead her and lead her well. Well, what we discovered was that even though she may have had more Bible knowledge than me because of all the years that she'd spent studying the Word, what we realized is there were other parts of the Christian walk and of life in general that I was able to come alongside and help build her up and to lead her in those areas. So as we spent time getting to know each other, learning about each other, and what each other brought to the table, we were able to discover that not only do we balance each other out, but we challenge each other as well. Here's the key note before we move on to the next one. You are not looking at the person and seeing what they could be. You're looking at who they are. In all other areas of life, That other way is great. When you're looking to hire someone or you're making friends or all those areas, it's fine to go, man, I think they could grow one day. I think they could be a great person. But when you're looking to find the person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, we can't risk it on, I think they have potential to become something great. They may, and that's wonderful, but you are risking a marriage, a lifelong commitment on that. So we wanna be super careful. So we're not looking at who they could be. We are looking at who they are. And if they're not ready... Good news, buy time. Continue the dating process. Allow, allow that to work. Allow the Lord to work in their life. Allow the Lord to work in your life. And maybe down the road, there could be something there. So the first question, why this person? Here's number two. Are they a giver or a taker? Are they a giver or a taker? This comes from Gary Thomas's book, The Sacred Search, by the way, if you want to read into this a little bit more. Let me share this verse with you. Genesis 2.24 says this, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Here's the question. Are you ready for the required selflessness that marriage is going to call? Are you ready for that? Are you ready to put aside, some of you are shaking your head, you don't need to be married. Good. You're not ready to put aside all that you desire and to realize that everything I do once I'm married affects this person. Every decision I make, every action that I take, everything I say in its own way is going to affect this person. When we realize that two become one, we realize that you can't do something without affecting the other person. So then comes this idea of giving and taking. And the idea is there are some of us in this room that we're just kind of pre-wired to be givers. Uh, And if you're asking, am I a giver or a taker, there's probably a good chance you're more, and I'm just being nice here, I'm trying to be nice here, you're probably more of a taker than a giver, because givers are out of this world obvious. The givers are the people of the world that it doesn't matter how hard the task is, it doesn't matter what it requires, if they can serve you, if they can help you, if they can meet a need, they're going to be there. They're just pre-wired that way. God has given it, and it's a beautiful thing. The other side of that are the takers. The takers are not all bad, and takers are not not Christians. Takers, though, are the ones that naturally it's a little bit more about them. Our our generation struggles with this because we are living in a time when it is all about you. It was all about your career. It was all about what decision you're going to make now, finding the one you're going to marry. Are you going to have kids? What's your purpose going to be in life? It's all about me, me, me. And so it's natural that it carries over into how we're living life. But the reality is if you are a giver, eventually the well will run out if you marry a taker. And a day will come when they finally look at you and say, babe, I love you. I've done everything I can to serve you, but we have crossed the line. This happened for Sarah and I, by the way. It may be hard to believe, but I am a taker and she is the giver. Don't know why you're laughing. There was a moment where Sarah loves to cook for us, loves to cook dinner, that's like her thing, I'm not saying that's how it has to be for everyone, but that's our thing, and I'm not complaining, she's a great cook and she loves to do that, and I remember there was a time very recently where she was uh, dealing with Kyla, trying to handle the kid, and she was trying to make dinner, and she was trying to bring it out to to get it to me, and and I remember just, I was was excited, and I was hungry, and I was thirsty, so she was dealing with Kyla, then she brought the food out, and she was trying to keep it warm, and then I said, hey, by the way, uh, can I have something to drink, and I remember she just kind of looked at me like, you've crossed the line. Like get get up, get up off your butt and get your own drink because I'm taking care of all these other things, right? Now she wouldn't say that if she was here, but I know that's what she was thinking because the reality is the takers are not bad people, but if takers don't understand what they're doing, eventually they will, they will dry the well out. And in those moments is when the takers got to say, hey, you know what? It's time for me to step up. Time for me to get in there. Time for me to get my own stuff. Time for me to help out and do these things. When you understand kind of where you lie, it'll help you navigate this area better. You need to know who you're sitting across from. The best you can, you need to know because this is gonna come up sooner rather than later. Here's number three, conflict and communication. Did you know that communication is the number one cause of conflict in marriage? Not divorce, but conflict. Communication is the number one cause of conflict in marriage marriage and all my married people one said amen all right listen this is this is a deep study that i did this past sunday while i was in a married class i just asked them what do you all think they said yes communication is the worst thing that's what happens all and then they look at each other and then they fight it was really funny but side note uh don't tell them i told you that the reality is though what happens one we don't know how to communicate with each other or two we're lazy or selfish and we don't choose to communicate therefore we have more conflict Conflict typically arises out of communication. However, conflict can arise in many different areas. What you need to understand is number one, how they communicate, but number two, and probably more importantly, how do they deal with conflict? Do they pull away and get quiet and don't talk to anyone? You know people like that, maybe it's you. Or are they, I want to talk about it right now, right this moment, we're going to deal with this, we're going to solve it because I love you and I'm not going to bed angry. All right, you love that verse, by the way, those people, they love that. The reality is we're wired all differently. And so in a good marriage, you've got to figure out how each other deal with conflict, how each other communicate and get on the same page. It is helpful to know this before you step into marriage because many would say your first year is going to be your toughest. And so understanding that we're all imperfect, every one of us makes a mistake, right? James tells us all are going to stumble. When we understand that, we are better equipped to deal with the conflict and the lack of communication that could grow. If you want a successful marriage, you want to have less conflict in your future marriage, remember that communication will be key. Looking across the table, figuring this out before we get there is going to be extremely helpful. Here's number four. It ties in with that. Do they forgive? Do they forgive? Colossians 3.13 says this. You bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The truth is, when you get married, you you are going to think you found Prince Charming, and he might look that way on his wedding day because he finally dressed up. But when you get home, it's going to be a different story. Not that he's going to be the worst person you've ever met. I'm not saying that. But the truth is, you're going to break each other's heart. You're going to disappoint each other, and you're probably going to embarrass each other. And if you are looking across the table at someone that doesn't know how to forgive, you are going to have a really, really tough marriage. Now, how do you know? How do you know if they can forgive, right? I mean, it's kind of early. You've been dating, but you, if you've done it right, haven't been living together. You haven't had that much close proximity. What's going to really happen when things kind of get down to the root? How do you know if they forgive? Well, here's number one. You can tell by if they understand their own need for forgiveness through the Lord. If they understand that the first thing they had to deal with was to be forgiven by Jesus Christ, then they are set up for the right day. doesn't fix everything, but they are set up for a better experience. Here's the second thing. If they have a hard time forgiving you while you're dating, it's only going to get amplified when you're married. If you're struggling right now with forgiving, and sometimes it's based off past things, history things that have happened, past relationships, whatever it might be. But if forgiveness is a challenge now while dating, it's going to be a challenge, most likely amplified when you get married. Do they forgive? Here's number five. Have they kissed divorce goodbye? Now, we live in a community, a culture that says, you know, there's always a way out, right? I mean, if things don't go well, you just said, here's, what, here's what's interesting, by the way. Um, if you live with someone, if you moved in with someone, and you uh, break up with that person, ultimately, you have done everything that a married person would do. The only difference is you didn't have paperwork with it. So there's a lot of people in our culture community, probably even in this room, that if, if you're going to be really honest, you've been married to quite a few people over the last years, depending how old you are. You've been married to a few people. You have had a marriage, the only thing different is you just have that paper you had to deal with when it was over. And so when we understand that, we realize that our culture is kind of being trained that, you know, divorce is kind of just like breaking up. It's just a little bit extra paperwork, and it might cost a little bit of money. It actually costs a lot, by the way. And we've gotten to this idea that, man, divorce, it's it's not that bad. I mean, as long as you, you know, both agree it's better, separate all these things. And what the scriptures are so clear to tell us is that that's not the case. In fact, listen to what the Lord says in Matthew uh, 5.32. It says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife or her husband, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. His words are so strong, so severe. And what, what, what they're doing here, now the, the Lord is saying this as a true statement, but there's a bigger picture here that you have to grasp. He wants you to see this marriage as a covenant, not a contract. There's a difference. Contract says, really, between two people, as long as you uphold your end, all right, then I'll continue to give you what I said I would give you. But as soon as you don't hold up your end, then that moment's gone. A covenant says, no matter what. It doesn't matter if you have a bad day or you were rude to me or whatever. I am going to fulfill my part of this marriage because it is that big of a deal to me. And what God's trying to do is to get us to realize that this marriage is not just something you just throw together. This is why, and I know some of y'all thought I've been crazy over these last few days. I am telling you to break up all the time. That might have been a little too hard, but I still stand by it. I've been telling you, you should be careful. You should be slow. Man, if you're not sure, don't waste time. All these things. Why? Because of this. Because if you don't take this early part that serious, you won't take marriage that serious. And you'll get in there and you'll go, well, oops, I, did, I just didn't know. I didn't see that coming. I didn't spend my due diligence. And you'll go, man, look, we're young, we got a future. Let's just part ways and we can start over and the Lord will forgive us. What God is saying is, no, we have something special in marriage that I have created all the way from the beginning. And I want you to operate it and I want you to hold it at a high esteem. And for some of us, it's so hard because of our families. And how our parents were. And watching our parents get divorced. Maybe watching our parents get divorced and remarried multiple times. And it begins to just mess with how we view marriage and how we view divorce and all these things. But I want to encourage you right now, tonight, that God holds it in high esteem. And we should too. And some of you are going, well, I'm still single. I don't need to worry about that. No, if you don't get your mind around it in that way, it will never be that way once you get down the aisle. It is so important that we take this that seriously. It's a question really for both of you. Have you and have they committed to say divorce is not an option? We're not going down that path. No matter what happens, I'm choosing to stick with you. If you're not there yet, you're probably not ready. Here's the next thing. We're almost there. What's their marriage style? This is interesting. Uh, Have you thought about this? Some of you are like, I I don't think about these things. How many kids do you want to have? Have you thought about that? The guys are like, no, I'm well, not worried about that until I get married. And the girls are like, yes, yeah, seven and a half. It's going to be perfect. They're going to all have their own room. It's going to be great. That's a good question, though. How many kids do you want to have? Why is that important? Well, because what if they don't want to have kids? You could have a problem down the road, right? That's nice to know. But it's also good to think about how are the roles in the home going to operate? Is she going to stay home with the kids? Are you going to stay home with the kids? Is it going to be parents raising the kids, or is it going to be a nanny raising the kids? I mean, how are you going to operate that? Are you both going to have a job? That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to be on the same page, because he may be going, well, well, wait a minute. I thought you were going to be home with the kids. I mean, I thought that's how this was. And you're like, no, buddy. I'm running a company. You stay home with the kids. And you're just looking at each other going, this isn't working. Well, it sure would have been nice to have that conversation before we put a ring on it, Right? These are important things. Now, here's something interesting to think about. Marriage styles is another thing. You can read more about this later. We can put these resources out for you. But there's some different marriage styles that helps us to wrap our mind around these ideas. Here's, a, here's just a couple to give you an idea. Um, here's, here's an example. Uh, business buddies. The business buddy mentality of marriage. Uh, it, a good fit to build a business, a home, a church, or a family name. The idea is this couple will sacrifice some of the romantic moments to be successful. Now they do it together. It's, it's not a hostile thing, uh, but they do it together. So Sarah and I are a good example of this. We have a, a company on the side that we run and we do it together. So for us, we have kind of the business buddy model where we're, we're doing this and this is important to us. And so what some might choose as their date nights are really important. We're out doing something. We're just doing it together. So the business buddy mentality is not for everyone. But if there's going to be someone across the table with you that's thinking they're going to go run a business and you're coming with them and you're going no 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 I'm not doing the business thing that just stresses me out I can't you need to know that before you get in there you're going to have some problems here's another one just two more the Bohemian buddies this is fun. These are the ones, man, you love to travel, right? You love all of the arts, the indie music. Man, you don't need to have a high-paying job as long as you can go out and live life, right? Um, And we're not making fun of it, but it's just a different lifestyle. I kind of make fun of it because I don't understand it. But we're all wired differently. So if you're a business buddy and you look across the table and someone's like, I just want to travel the world. I don't care if I work at any job. As long as I have just enough money so that I keep going, you're going like, no, 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 no. We're building a business here. We're going to make a future here. you got a problem. So we've got to understand this. The other one is uh, uh, <laughs> kids are us. This is a great one. Kids are us. And this is the couple that, man, they, they love children, but they made it a priority. And so they tend to have a lot of kids. But most importantly, they will sacrifice any other thing before for the kids. They'll take a lower paying job so that they can have more time at home with the kids. They will put aside other things that might interfere so they could be focused in on the kids. You may not be that couple, but if they are, it's going to be a problem. And so you got to figure out kind of where they lie in this so that you could be moving down the same path. Remember we talked about that when we did a little football illustration. We talked about how everyone's pursuing the Lord. And as we're pursuing the Lord, you start moving and you just kind of start sliding left and right until you find someone that's pursuing the same thing you are, but now you realize that, man, that we pursue this thing pretty close together. We have the same kind of vision, same kind of mentality in our life, and now hopefully in our marriage. And so you slide together and you keep on moving forward. But if you got someone that's heading over there and someone heading over there you're both going forward toward the lord but you're going in two different ways you need to know that because it's going to cause some problems and so again i know some of you are going this is a lot to take in. i haven't even found her yet i'm still pro-. but man you're going to be better for this i promise you you're going to be better for it uh two more we are talking about parent let me say this again will they be a spectacular parent this is important psalm 127 says this like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children's of one's youth to have kids, listen to me carefully, to have kids is a responsibility that God has given you, all right? Now we get there, we understand that, we don't have to explain that, but we'll talk about that next week, by the way. It's a responsibility that God has given you to be taken seriously. A lot of parents in the world today, and I, I'm not harping on it, I just want to be honest with you so you can be prepared, a lot of parents are just trying to get by. They're just trying to get the kids up and then not die or kill each other from playing. And just get them out of the house and say, go make us proud. The reality is, you know, the idea of that is okay, get them out of the house, that's good. But the point is, God's given these as, as a tool to be used for the kingdom. And he's entrusted you to be the one to raise and to mold and to shape those kids and to prepare them for the future that awaits for them. And so if you're looking at kids and you're like, I don't want them. And you're looking across the table and I want seven of them. You need to talk. And you probably need to end it now because they may be great and you may be great, but you are going to be really struggling when you're arguing over, I thought we were going to have kids, We're not. I thought we were going to have seven, I just want to have one, and you're fighting over this is not good. And then what's going to happen, listen, if someone you're with doesn't want to have kids and you end up having kids, most likely, and the Lord can do anything, but most likely they're not going to be the kind of parent that you were hoping that they would be, and they're going to let you down, and that's going to be a problem. You need to find someone that, say, when they think about kids, they get excited about that they're passionate about, about stepping into what God's called you to do as a parent, doesn't mean you have to have kids right away. And it doesn't mean you have to know exactly how many you're going to have. But if you're the one saying maybe one or two, and they're saying like maybe nine or ten, that's pretty clear that you got to talk because there's going to be some problems. So are they going to make, are they going to be a spectacular parent? Can I just add one thing on this? Um, We talked about this last week. If they get angry quickly, children are going to be a problem. Children are great. They're awesome. But buddy, let me just tell you. They can push you in ways you didn't know were possible. All right? And so if if you get angry quickly, you are going to struggle with kids. And you're going to have to work on that before you step into that. And if you're dating him, and you see him getting angry over little things, you're like, bro, there's really not that much going on, and you are losing it right now. Just wait till he's holding a two-week-old crying her ear off, your ear off, and she just wants to eat. He didn't even know what to do. Don't do that. That's bad. Don't shake. And he doesn't know what to do. And he's he's calling you. I'm just trying to sleep. Uh, Someone's got to sleep around here. And It's not gonna be good. And so just be on the lookout. If you want to have kids, make sure you understand the great responsibility that is. But number two, make sure that who you're looking across the table with is excited about that opportunity as well. If not, I'm telling you, it's gonna be a really tough conversation. You may still resolve it, but it's gonna be a tough conversation. It's probably not worth the risk. Here's the last one What's in your wallet? Yeah, I ripped it off Capital One, don't tell them. What's in your wallet? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on money because we actually spent, uh, what is it, eight, nine weeks doing the Dave Ramsey stuff here as a ministry. And so if you missed that, uh, we have some of that material and we can get it to you. But, but here's what I want to say. Uh, we talked about communication is the number one issue for conflict, but money right now is the number one reason for divorce. And so this isn't something you can just blow over or breeze by. This is something you really got to get a handle on understanding kind of how, they're going to th- how they are gonna, look at money, how they think about money, how they spend money, what they do with money. Right? If they're a big-time spender and you're a saver and you don't talk about that, it's going to be a real problem. If, if they want to have their own bank account and you thought you were going to join and then you get married and are like, wait a minute, what's going on? You got a secret account over there? This, this, these are things you got to talk about. And it may not seem like that big of a deal now, but when we realize it's one of the number one reasons people get divorced and it really wakes us up to say this is a big deal now all of these things when you pull them together they all center around one thing we're never going to be perfect but if you and if they have committed to follow the Lord and to live out the things that he has asked you and I to do a lot of these areas are going to work themselves out when you think about why that person When that question gets, it'll be easy, because they come with me, and they help me to fulfill the plan God's had for me. When you talk about giving and taking, well, they may be a little bit more of a taker, but I know that as they spend time with the Lord, He's working in them, and I see how he or she is working against that and fighting against that, because the Lord is guiding them and leading them in these areas. When you think about it, if we are truly serious about following the Lord, a lot of these areas begin to work themselves out, never perfect but sets us in the right standard. Listen, ladies, uh, a tip for you. I have a lot of these for you, maybe because I'm a guy, I don't know. If he is not an avid prayer, and, and a Bible studier, but if he's not an avid prayer, I wanna just warn you something. You are gonna spend a lot of your marriage nagging him, trying to get him to fix things, when the reality is, to him, it's eventually, probably sooner than later, gonna just sound like this. And he's not going to want to do it because it's coming from you. But if that man that you're staring across the table at has an honest relationship with the Lord and is seeking after him, you're not going to have to do this very often because the Lord's going to be doing it in his life for you. That's the difference. If you find someone like that, the rest of these things, man, it's going to be amazing how the Lord just starts to work them all together. So speaking of the, uh, the Astros, and to close with this, um, I watched an interview last night with uh, Jose Altuve. Anyone know what that is? Yeah. Never seen cool. Yeah, cool guy. And they asked him uh, a ton of questions, you know, a lot of emotions running. He was trying to answer all the questions. And I said, man, wh- what do you want to say? What do, you- what do you feel? How does it feel? What's it like? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, um, you know, first, I just want to say thank you to God, because without him, I wouldn't be here. And that same is true for you and I, right? And then he said, but then I want to say that I have had so many family and coach just walk with me through. I mean, I couldn't, he said, I couldn't even name all the people that have just stuck with me and helped me and pushed me. And I was just thinking, man, that's exactly what we've been talking about. You can't do this alone. You got to have those good people around you pushing you and shaping you and molding you. And then he said something that I thought was so profound. He said, but here's the real kicker. He didn't say kicker, I say kicker. But he said, here's the thing. A couple years ago, the manager came up to me and said, we're going to have a really good team. It's just going to be a little while. And they went and lost 100 games after that, which is a big deal. They were terrible. But Jose said this was fascinating. He said, but even in that, I believed my manager That we were going to become a good team. And so I decided I wasn't going to worry about anything else happening around me. I was going to just focus on me. And I was going to become the best player that I could be. So that I'd be ready to be on that team that's going to be This good, and sure enough, just a couple years later, that even said, as it was starting to happen, he watched as, I think it was Correa that came first, and then Bregman came, and then uh, Springer came, and he's like, I just started watching these players start joining this team, and he said, I began to believe, man, something was going to happen, and here we are, just a couple years after that moment, and they won the World Series. And it just got me thinking, this is exactly what we're talking about. Man, it starts with your relationship with the Lord, then it having good people around you, stuff like this, you can just sit under and listen, and some of you are like, I don't know if I need all this right now. You will, though, and you're going to be so grateful that you heard it's going to be so helpful. And then you're going to start looking around and go, you know what? I could be dreaming of finding the one, or I could just say, you know what? I'm going to focus right here on this. I'm going to just get myself ready. I'm going to keep soaking this stuff in. I want to be ready so that when I do find that one, or when that team does come, I'm ready to be a part. man. I'm telling you guys, what what is being shared with you, ultimately, as the Lord is leading us, are things that are going to radically help you if you will let them wash over you. And that's what I desire for you. Man, I want you to be able to look across that table and go, I have no doubt that this person and they are going the way I see myself going they are serving and following the lord and they have the same morals the same values the same ideas that I have are so close to it that it just seems like it would be a crime if we don't end up together that's what we want and if you can say that if you can talk like that don't you be afraid to get engaged don't you be afraid Man, go get a ring, even if you've got to get a quarter one out of the thing at the grocery store, whatever you need. You get a ring, and you get on a knee, and you secure that, and it'll be fantastic. But make sure, if you do it the right way, because I'm telling you, if you do, you won't have any worry or anxiety. You will be so pumped up. And then I promise you, marriage isn't perfect, but it's glorious. It is glorious. We want you to be ready.